We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. And we've got plenty to get into today. But before we do, quick little announcement. We were kicking around the idea of doing a weekly live show. And we're going to have the first, which I can't promise it's going to be every Friday at this time. We would like to settle into a day and time at some point. But we're going to go tomorrow live, 1 o'clock Eastern time. So if you want to join us, head over to the NBA front office YouTube channel. We'll be live there taking all your questions, any comments, anything that you want to throw in. We'll go on for, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. We'll see how long uh, the show goes, how long the questions keep coming. But we want to you know, make ourselves available for our fans to come in, ask us questions and, and all that. So again, tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern time at the NBA front office YouTube channel. That's where we'll be. And uh, Keith, I, I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be good. Yeah, I am too. I, I kind of hope it becomes a thing we can do regularly, uh, mm-hmm. whether they be front office Fridays or something. I, I don't know. We'll oh, figure I out like that. that. I like that too. I, I'm a big fan That's of collaboration. Really so yeah, um, but yeah, well, we'll figure all that stuff out. But we'll, we're looking forward to it. So see you guys tomorrow, like Trevor said, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, 10 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so yeah, if it's your workday, yeah, run out the clock a little bit with us here That's on right. Friday and ask some questions. It's really going to be your show to ask questions about whatever it is you want to ask us about. We'll try to balance, you know, so it doesn't turn into a, a Lakers versus Celtics uh, uh, live show. We'll, we'll balance, you know, some stuff around the league or if you want to ask about business or anything like that, that, that we, we can answer. We'll do our best. And, and let me give you guys a little hint from being a classroom teacher for as long as I was, um, uh, what the kids do, you know, if you're stuck at work and you want to listen to our show and you want to be on there live and participating, you put in one AirPod, right? So if you're at your desk, the boss walks by, you put in the one AirPod and you sit like this. Yeah. Right? You just, just like you're kind of resting your head in your hand and, and, and you know, you make yourself look busy. Um, you know, it just, it, it's a good strategy to use that people can often get away with. So or you schedule a, uh, a self-training session or a uh, conference call. <laughs> there you or go. Yep. Like that. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Anything you got to do to get through it. But yeah, but we'll see you guys yeah. tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's All right, jump good in. Good show. We'll see you. Yep. Oh, we're going to do more. Oh, okay. All right, let's, more. <laughs> let's, let's start with this, Keith. You know, I didn't even put this on the docket. We're going to talk a little bit about the Clippers here. Um, they did make a move, um, Xavier Moon. But before I get to that, so Russell Westbrook joins the Clippers. The Clippers are 0-3 since. Um, Russ has kind of done his thing. Put up some decent stats, some decent stat lines, racking up the assists. 
had some turnover issues. Some of his misses turned into fast breaks for the other team and, and all of that. I'm seeing this battle online, right? With you've got some Lakers fans saying, oh, see, this is what happens with, with Russell Westbrook. You've got um, some Clippers fans getting a little bit nervous of, uh-oh, is this just what happens with Russell Westbrook? And then you have Russ Stans, which is the thing, running around saying, no, 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 no. It's it's not Russ. Russ is great. It's this guy. It's that guy. It's this guy. It's the guy. It's everybody else. It's not Russ. Is this too small a sample size to make any conclusion in terms of whether or not Russ will work with the Clippers, or is there reason to be concerned at an 0-3 start since Russ joined the team? Or And is it even as a result of his presence? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of both, right? It's yeah. still very early. Uh, to your point, he's played pretty well. First game, 17 points. He had 14 assists. He did have seven turnovers in that game. Next game, he uh, shot the best he shot, six out of 10 from the floor. And then uh, last game, 14 points, seven rebounds, 10 assists. It's it's just it, it's just hard, right? In those games, he was plus three in a one-point loss. That's not the end of the world. That was a really crazy overtime game yeah. uh, with the Kings. Then negative 12 against the Nuggets, and then negative five and a seven-point loss against the Timberwolves. So those are the things you're kind of concerned about is in those lineups, is there enough floor spacing? I know I believe it was last game. They started both Russ and Zubach together. I do worry about that. Uh, that's putting a lot on Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Marcus Morris to space the floor. So that that's a little bit of a worry uh, when you have those two out there. But it's – I don't know. I, I don't want to overreact to it, but you do have to react to it because the Clippers, they were starting to look like figure it out and play better. They were starting to climb up in the standings, and now they're back down to sixth. Uh, in the Western Conference, now behind both the Warriors, well, I guess functionally tied with the Warriors, but behind the Suns uh, in the conference now. Well, and here's the thing, you know, I've seen this. This has been the fear from from Clippers fans has been Terrence Mann. His minutes have been, been cut. I mean, here's his minutes since Russ came on board, 18, 25, 22. This mm -hmm. is a guy who the game before Russ showed up, touched 35 minutes. Uh, this is, most see him as the superior player and yet his minutes have been been cut. And that's maybe there's a domino effect there where you're losing minutes for a player that was helping you out quite a bit and, and giving those minutes to Russ where the jury's still out on whether or not sure. he's going to be a, a benefit to you. So there's and that baked into this too. Yeah, that, that's definitely a factor for sure. I, I think too, like you look at the Denver loss, for example, that was the biggest mm -hmm. loss of these three games. And they shot 11 to 34 from three. So not horrible but not really good but russ was only one for two from from three paul george marcus morris they combined to go oh of eight uh man himself was one of four in that game eric gordon was oh for four from the field as a whole so yeah it, it's just it, it's hard because on the one hand yeah you do want to kind of say yeah they were rolling and then russ mm -hmm. shows up and now they're not but i i don't know that that it, it's not uh well what is that cool causation equals correlation or whatever right. or correlation causation. I don't remember um, that. That's something I've purged from my brain, but it's whatever that is. Like I, it doesn't feel like Russ is necessarily the cause, but it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. And part of what they did with this deal is if they're, if you're the Clippers, if it's really, you get, let's say 
two more weeks in and it's just really not working and you're not winning games, you you can just wave them and get out of this deal and move, move along. It's probably not how it'll go, but you, you have that ability if you're the Clippers and then you just go back to man and say, all right, we're going to go with Terrence Mann and uh, on the second unit, we'll get by with some combination of Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, and Norman Powell if that's what we have to do for the rest of the season. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, and that may be what they ultimately wind up at. I will say, just to finish things off against the Wolves, my impression of the Clippers was they really struggled to get stops uh, when they, when they really needed them. It's not that the Wolves were setting the world on fire in the fourth quarter or anything. 22 points in the fourth, 28 in the third. They got going a bit there, but um, Clippers struggled with their own shooting. And then when they really needed to dig in and get a stop, they just didn't seem to be able to do it. And yeah. Russ isn't going to help you do that, but he wasn't the only issue on, on that end of the floor. No, for sure. Yeah, I, that was one where I felt like their bench lost that game more than anything. That they, yeah. there was a really poor performance out of their bench as a whole in that one, and that's where that's disappointing because that's what you think of when you look at that Clippers team. Is yeah, they have the star power in Kawhi and Paul George, but then they kind of overwhelm you with depth, and that that's not obviously what happened in this one. So that is a bit of a problem for sure. All right, uh, to close the book on the Clippers here, Xavier Moon joins the Clippers on a, a two-way contract, so they do make a... We've got a number of two ways to go over here. Um, Xavier Moon, that's... Is he... I mean, just taking a flyer on these guys, I would imagine a team like the Clippers, they're not going to be giving a bunch of minutes to their, their two-way players at this stage. Yeah, I know. They've got enough other guys who need minutes, so this is just bringing Moon in to basically reward him for a nice season in the G league. Uh, they'd already kind of done that a little bit with uh, Keaton Wallace who didn't get in any games. Well, he was on a two way, but that does uh, get him qualified for an NBA year of service, which is always a good thing for a guy. So now you get moon in, this gets him another year of service. He play, like I said, played really, really well uh, for the G league team. So just probably rewarding him, getting a little extra look at him on the NBA level. And you're seeing teams now G league season will come to an end here in roughly a month or so uh, wraps up right around the beginning of April. So you're seeing teams bring these guys in because what they're looking to do is our, now we're going to lock this guy up versus somebody mm -hmm. else poaching him on a 10 day or a two way, or just even a rest of season contract. Well, let's get these guys in our system. They want to keep around. And then you kind of got them now and probably into the summer. So moon will probably play summer league with the Clippers and go from there. All right. Sticking with LA, we've got no surgery for LeBron, according to Chris Haynes. Great sign there, but uh, we still don't know what the injury is for LeBron. Yeah. He's been visiting doctors and all of that. Um, I think the only thing close to a timeline we've heard is that they would reassess it two weeks and then go from there. I would imagine that, uh, you know, if the wheels fall off for the Lakers, that's going to determine whether or not we see LeBron again this season. If they're able to stay afloat, then maybe that speeds up his, his return. I think everything is up in the air for the next couple of weeks, unless we get some kind of, you know, medical report that oh wait we found something that we didn't see before and now he's done or, or whatever but uh it's going to be at least a few weeks minimum until we see lebron uh back on the floor again yeah it, it, my thought on this is if this is some sort of muscle tendon ligament sprain inflammation something like that it starts to come down to can we get him off his feet for a couple of weeks and then can he play through it? And yeah. is there a reason to play through it? If it's something torn or broken and that comes out, then that's a whole different story, right? Then you're probably saying, all right, let's you know, call it what it is and we'll see you in the fall, right? Where we're going to shut this down and, and move on. It was funny. Somebody asked me after we talked about this on the last show, they're like, do you think LeBron was going to play in the world cup this summer? And I, 
I, oh. I don't think so. I think yeah. he's probably done with, with that. Maybe he has one more Olympics in him. It's just so different, right? In basketball, unlike soccer, the World Cup is the lesser of the two events where the Olympics yes. is the big event. So maybe one more Olympics run in LeBron if he wants to even do it. But I, I kind of think his days of doing that are probably done. I, I don't think that's how he wants to spend his summers. But but we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, Carmelo kept doing it. Uh, probably one more cycle pass when anybody thought he would. Kevin Durant's still doing it. So, you know, but I, I don't think he was ever in uh, real consideration of playing the World Cup this summer. By the way, Kevin Durant made his son's debut last night. Look, look. Yeah. He, he looked like Kevin Durant, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've, I've taken to saying he's the most plug and play player I've ever seen. You just swap him yeah. in and just let him do his thing. And it was per- perfectly good. And boy, Devin Booker, like uh, somebody else drawn some extra attention. Yes, he, he did. He got a lot of good looks. Now let's not go crazy because it's against the Hornets, but Correct. it's a, uh, a lamella yeah. ball less. Hornets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, John Morant uh, in a bit more trouble. Uh, there's accusations out there that he was uh, attacking uh, or beating up somebody or getting into an altercation with somebody and may have been a weapon involved. And yikes, like year old somebody. Yeah, that's that's this is this is a mess. And this is not the first situation where where Jaw's been in trouble here. So he's such an, uh, an incredible talent. But you got to make smart choices off the court. I, I don't know all the details of the situation. You know, I, I think that's all still going to come out. So we don't know exactly what's going on here. But this is not good for a Grizzlies team that has high aspirations this year to now be dealing with this type of off-court stuff uh, with John Morant. This is the kind of stuff that can that can really haunt a career. Sure. Um, and he's got potential to, I mean, looking big picture, which is what I tend to do, but looking big picture... Ja could wind up becoming one of the greats, right? For for this league, um, he's he's got to make sure that he's taking care of business off the court as well as on. Yeah, he's one of the faces of the NBA, one of the young, yeah. you know, rising stars of the NBA. And I I tend to think a lot of things with this. One, his representation came out and pushed back very hard yeah. against this, basically saying, "Hey, this was fabricated. This didn't happen the way anybody uh, is saying it happened." And you know that so the truth probably as with most things lies somewhere in the middle i i always think back to not you know at all the same kinds of situations but i always think back to andrew talked about early in his career he one day realized it was more this was more about finances with him but he one day realized he was paying 
50 cell phone bills every month. And this was back when like you didn't have family plans and, you know, here's 85 people on a cell phone plan things, right? This was like individual cell phone bills. And they didn't, part of what he told in that story was, these are my guys who have been with me since I was 10, 11, 12 years before I was anything. So I know these, these guys aren't just in it for the money, right? They, they didn't come along when I became an NBA player and a millionaire that they, they were around with me there. And that's the hard thing. A lot of these players, they, they want, they have their inner circle, right? Of people they trust because those guys have been with them forever. And then sometimes that's not always the best influences and things do kind of go sideways and they get kind of messy with that. So that's just something where we're going to have to see, you know, ultimately what plays out here. My guess is what we're going to hear from the Grizzlies, probably the NBA, then it'll be here at secondhand because it's probably not going to be direct, but it's going to be something like, all right, you want to go out tonight? Great. Someone from Grizzlies security is going with you. Like we're going to have someone there to make sure things don't go sideways because he's just too important of a player and too important of a player for the league as a whole to stumble into some bad situation. What happens when you have enough of these, even if they're ultimately proven false, people start trying to create these situations. Good point. You know, and that will be the major problem that you're watching for John Rant. What you don't want is somebody runs up on him and gets up in his face. And then one of his friends is just trying to protect him. It hits the person. And then that turns into a whole thing. So and there's a lawsuit. Uh, it, it, yep. Exactly. So I think this will probably be something where it'll probably be, Hey, can we just maybe let's stay home for, you know, a little bit here and uh, relax at the house and kind of, you know, hang out there. And if you do want to go out and have fun, like we're going to send somebody just, to make sure everything's okay and on the level then that's just to help protect him professional babysitter to, yeah. to make sure i mean but it, it's oversimplification but kind and, of i mean just to make sure everything is okay there yeah. and i think fans would be shocked to find out how commonplace this is around the league i bet there's probably one or two players on almost every single team that have somebody who is just you know keeping an eye on them when they're you know, about doing stuff Okay, let's jump into some of our, our 10 days or two ways, things of that nature. Uh, we Well, actually, we've got an injury here first. Kendrick Williams out yeah. for the season with a, a wrist injury that um, I think we are incapable of pronouncing. So <laughs> so we're just going to call it a wrist injury. Um, Ruptured something ligament in his yes. left wrist. So that's, that's as far as we'll go. Sounds painful. Whatever yes. it is. Sounds painful. Um, he will be, be out for the season. Uh, look, OKC is a very good team. They've got a lot of upside here, but right now, no SGA, he's out. Um, Kenridge Williams is out. This is a team that may start to slide a bit, but yeah. man, the future is bright for the Thunder. Yeah, I think the Thunder showed enough this season to say, all right, hey, we're ready for this summer. Add some guys, we're ready to step forward. Um, no matter what happens the rest of the way. They've lost five in a row. They're now six games under 500. They're down in the range, well, in the range standings wise, not in record wise where we thought, cause we all thought they'd be you know worse than this. Mm -hmm. um, but they're down 13th in the West. So they're down right around where I think we thought they'd be um, from that standpoint. And I think this is probably turning more towards, all right, SGA, if you're hundred percent healthy, you can play. If you're 99% healthy, you can't, there's no reason to roll guys out there. They're not going to make a run at the play in tournament anymore. That's probably over. So you're pivoting, but 
again, the important takeaway is massive step forward for this team this season to show, all right, let's use some of that cap space. Let's go get a guy or two. And it's not like they need to fill out six rotation spots. It's go get one or two players to come in uh, with the players you have. And let's, let's move this thing forward. I think they're going to be a sneaky player in free agency to go get some guys. Cause you're also starting to run a little bit out of roster spots there and those kind of things. So that that's going to be something that's really fun to watch. Cause they, they could splurge a little bit here and, and, you'll get one really good guy that they think fits that roster really well. Well, and you think like I've been impressed with their coaching staff. They've been, they, mm-hmm. they execute in game very, very well. They've got some players with a lot of upside and right now they would have the seventh best lottery odds, but they're only half a game behind the, the Pacers. So they could wind up with maybe the sixth best lottery odds mm-hmm. while having a team that get there or a season that gave you a lot of optimism about the future because they played, well, in, in spurts, SGA has looked phenomenal. Uh, you'll get Chet Holmgren back next year. You've got uh, a system in place. You've got a coaching staff in place that knows what they're doing. Um, again, there, there's a lot. I think they, they benefit. You could say, look, getting young players into the playoffs has an inherent benefit to it, getting that, that experience, and it certainly does. But I think it's not necessarily a bad situation for them to just kind of struggle a bit, slip away a bit for the remainder of the season and wind up with maybe the sixth best shot at Wembenyama, I mean, who knows? You roll the dice and and, it, and you hit on that. Well, I mean, this team could very quickly pivot and become a, a perennial playoff team. Yeah, exactly. I, I I think we're very close to to that. I, I remain extremely high on them, and that they're 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 going to push in uh, next year. That's what I believe. I believe this was the start to take steps forward. We we were competitive, you know, almost the whole season. It's probably not going to end exactly the way they would like it to, but now. You know, we, we know what we need to build on. We know what we need to go get uh, this this coming off season, and you just just go get it, and make it happen. Okay, uh, Sam Merrill lands on a ten day contract with the Cavs. We're going to see more of these, you know, ten day deals, things of, of that nature. Uh, y- your Celtics played the Cavs. Uh, what was it last night? Last night, yeah. What What are your thoughts there? Um, you know, Cavs super fun team. They they they're. They're missing some stuff. They, they don't have a lot on the wing, um, so that's something they're going to have to figure out. Even though Isaac Okoro has played better, um, I still think you know they're maybe one player short on that wing rotation. Uh, you know, but they're they're really tough, man. Donovan Mitchell, uh, not even healthy. He was limping around for most of the second half. Still dropped in forty plus points. Darius Garland, I love. I'd like to see Darius Garland be a little bit more selfish. Just take a few more shots. Um, for him, especially like hunting some more three pointers, uh, because he's just so good at that. But you know, not I don't want him to go crazy because then that changes what makes him special as a playmaker. But Evan Mobley's the real deal. He he is so impactful on defense because he could he can basically cover arc to rim with very little trouble. Uh and switching on guys. So really tough team. I Sam Merrill, this is a, another guy did good work in their G League system, really shot it well. Get him up, you know. Maybe you throw them into a game or two here and there and see what it looks like. But for the most part, this is a, hey, thanks for doing your work in the G League. We're going to reward you. Again, get you a year of service. Uh, also get you a little bit of money here on this 10-day. And we'll, we'll get a look at you, you know, firsthand here in the building with our guys. And the Cavs may be – they're still fighting for seating position. But maybe if, you know, you hit a game or two where it's like, all right, you know, we should – probably give Donovan Mitchell a night off here or force him to take a night off. You could maybe throw a guy like Merrill in there, see if he makes some shots and kind of run it from there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we also have 
Jay Huff, a guy I know a bit about, who was with the South Bay Lakers, went to the Wizards on a two-way deal. He's got some upside, can shoot the three as a big, can protect the rim as well. Um, not, not, he was a guy I was hoping that might stick and might even get a shot with the Lakers, but the Wizards take a chance here. Um, not, not a bad guy to, to give a chance to. He shot the three extremely well, and it's not easy to find bigs who can shoot like he can. Yeah, this is the the I, I call it the Brook Lopez transition right into these you know uh, floor spacing rim protecting fives, and that's what Jay Hoff could potentially be. So if you're Washington, you 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 kind of maybe he might even see some minutes potentially down the stretch here a little bit. Uh, he won't be uh, playing tournament eligible or playoff eligible unless he's converted off this two-way but again get him in your system get a look at him see what it looks like something to keep an eye on here washington does like to uh they're one of the teams that when they do a late two-way signing they like to do a two-year two-way so i'm gonna be very curious to see if that's what this turns into uh for huff is he gonna come back there because if he does he may actually have a chance to play his way onto their main roster this is not like they're a team that is swimming in big man options it's kind of chris Stapp's porzingis and that's if he's still still with them next season, Daniel Gafford. And then after that, it's not a whole heck of a lot else. There's not even a lot of like fours that can play the five on that roster. It's Todd Gibson, but at some point the, the clock's going to run out on that one eventually. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. But Jay Hoff, really interesting player. I kind of like this uh, pickup for Washington. Yeah. Uh, Lester Quinones on a 10-day contract. I should have put two Warriors, but he does join the Warriors. It looks like some of their, their two-way guys have played are hitting their limit yep. in terms of games played, and that yep. could be the driving factor here behind Quinones um, getting called up to the Warriors. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on with the Warriors. That they're, they're about out of games uh, for both Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb. It sounds like they were trying to conserve games for Anthony Lamb when and where they could, and it sounds like they they were holding a roster spot for Anthony Lamb. So we'll see, you know, what comes of that here over the next couple of weeks uh, with that. But for for now, they're they're going to bring in Quinones. Um, we'll let him. You know, kind of come in and and see what he can do. He was the G League Player of the Week last week. So, but guy again, done good work in the G League. Uh, been with the Santa Cruz Warriors, done, done good stuff for them. So, so we'll see. I'm kind of curious to see what happens with them if because Jerome plays a lot too. They only have one roster spot uh, after this ten days up for one of Jerome or Lamb. I kind of wonder if they may say, you know what, we'll have to eat it. We'll eat that second guaranteed year they gave Ryan Rollins, who was a draft pick, to get both Jerome and Lamb. But part of that may be how long of deals will those two commit to and those kind of things as, as a you know, long-term thing if they want to bring them both. But those are two guys I know they like quite a bit. And as you said, they're bought out of NBA games for the regular season. Again, two-way players not eligible for the playing tournament or the playoffs so no postseason eligibility so if they want them they've got to get them converted all right last thing we've got today we've got larry nance jr and jose alvarado out for the pelicans Pel uh, they'll be out for two weeks and three weeks respectively um the pelicans picked up a big win last night against the blazers an important win for them they've been on a slide have not looked great still no word on when zion williamson's going to come back and losing the depth of alvarado and nance is, is going to hurt yeah, absolutely. We're starting to get to the point of no return for them a little bit with these injuries for guys. You know, it's you can only have so many players out at a time. And then Alvarado, obviously, a huge important piece off their bench. Nance is essentially their backup four and five man. So, you know, we'll see what it goes. They, they did give at least a semi-positive update on Zion of he's making progress, but no, like you said, no uh, return date. And it's 
all these things of, you know, even if it's two, three weeks, whatever it is, that's now most of what we have left in the season. So it's uh, that that gets, you know, very, very difficult to, uh, to, you know, rectify. I, I think sometimes you hear two weeks and it's like, okay, not a big deal. Three weeks, eh, still not a big deal. Well, we've only got about four or five weeks left to yeah. go in the, in the regular season. So it is starting to become a pretty big deal. The clock is definitely ticking here. The NBA calendar growing short and teams like the Pelicans need to make their playoff push right now. We'll see what they can do without those guys and without Zion. Um, again, their win against the Blazers last night gave them a little bit of breathing room, and we'll see where we can go from here. Yep. All right. I think that gets us through about everything for today. Okay. But come come join us live tomorrow, 1 o'clock Eastern time. We'll be live over on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. We'll be taking questions and comments. Appreciate you guys for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow. Till then, stay safe.